Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. Hey guys, how amazing to be under the blessing of God and you and I are under the blessing of God if we are in Christ Jesus. To be blessed is to be under the gaze of Jesus, to be in his eyesight, to catch his attention. It is to be the envy of those around you because you have caught the attention and the favor of the king's eyes. Now, you can get him to look at you. You can actually get his attention because he's shown us in Matthew chapter 5, and this is not some teaching I've just made up. This is the Lord. He has shown us how to get his attention, how to be blessed. And I just, I made an error in this teaching. It says that the word blessed uh, only occurs nine times in the book of Matthew. Uh, It's a little bit more than that, but uh, in the first 10 chapters, it appears nine times. So I hope you enjoy this message. Hey guys, do you want to be blessed? I want to be blessed. And I am blessed. You and I are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. We know that. But what does it really mean? First of all, the fundamental truth is the reality of the kingdom of God. If you don't believe reality, then you are not going to be free. Jesus said that it is the truth that will set you free. I rejoice in the freedom that that he has given me. The financial prosperity I have did not come from my economics degree, my business degree. It came because I walked through the door that Jesus opened for me. So I'm in a very prosperous financial position. I work in a company where maybe a thousand staff are at home without pay and I have had full-time work and the only days that I've taken off have been my own choice and voluntary. And I have the same freedom physically. I have, I'm on no medication. I have no doctors that I need to see, no medication, no asthma, no no symptoms. I'm not dependent. I don't need a doctor. I don't need to go to the chemist. That is an incredible freedom. When God sets you free, you're free indeed. So I'm in a position financially and physically and spiritually 
and in every area that I could not have created in my own effort. Proverbs says, he who builds a high wall invites destruction. So having a lot of money and trying to protect it and building a high wall is not safe. But following God and his leading will give you prosperity and blessing that is safe, that cannot be destroyed by moth or by rust. So what is blessing? Why did Jacob bless Pharaoh? I did a Bible search in the book of Matthew, you know, the most comprehensive gospel of the life and words of Jesus, the king of the kingdom. And and the word blessed only occurs nine times in the 28 chapters of Matthew. They all occur in Matthew chapter 5. And this is the definition of blessing. The definition of blessing and it can mean many things, but the definition of blessing is to be under the gaze of God and to be under his favor to the point where you are the envy of those around you. Blessing, blessing, blessing makes you the envy of those around you. Let me give you three really basic examples from my own life. They might seem contradictory or strange to you, but these are the times that I felt blessed, that I felt under the gaze of either God or, or somebody else and and to the point where I had abundance and to the point where other people would have been envious. The first one was, and all three of these were a surprise to me, the first one was when a very wealthy businessman took me on holidays as a child with his son. We were best friends and, you know, I'd never been, you know, fishing or on a speedboat or on a jet ski or anything like that. I had had Follow, you know, great holidays with my family, uh, different types of holidays. But we went to Phillip Island. We lived in luxury. We had a speedboat. We did all sorts of water sports and things that I'd never done before. And I felt blessed. You know, these people rode horses and they they lived a very different life to the life that I had previously enjoyed, even though my life was blessed. I had never experienced the blessing, the favor, the abundance. And, you know, to be the envy, you know, of other kids and other people who saw us, you know, jettying about on our speedboat, being towed on on wakeboards and just having a great time. The second time was as a young adult, Again, being friends with a boy who, whose father was incredibly wealthy um, and they had all the latest technology. They had 
BMW convertibles that had never been driven that were just parked in the garage. And I remember the mother, you know, who was an alcoholic actually, but she gave me, you know, $50, which was a lot of money back then. Um, she gave me $50 to go to the shops and buy something for her and because I was already going. And when I came back, she said to keep the change and I couldn't believe it. You know, for me, it was it was $35 in change. And I remember when I was around them, when I was, in a sense, under their gaze, I experienced abundance. I experienced favour. And I was the envy of other people because I was receiving things that were far beyond my own ability to create or conjure up. And the third and final time with these three stories was when God told me to go to Sydney and I had no money, no means to go, but I knew that I knew that I knew that I was being sent. And against all wisdom and all sanity, I went and God paved the way. I had no accommodation and as my boat was was loading us onto the pier, a priest struck up a conversation, found out that I had nowhere to stay and not only gave me my own room in a Catholic-owned mansion on the beach in DY, literally on the beach, you know, what five metres from the sand, but... He drove me to and from the Pentecostal church to the conference that I was going to. He got me boarding with a family that was literally next door to the church. I mean, only God could open those doors. I needed accommodation. I got accommodation by the Catholic priest. I got driven to the church and back every day. He made me breakfast and dinner. And when he had to go back to Adelaide or wherever he was from, he got me accommodation in the family that lived with the same property line as the church where I was going to the conference. You know, only God can organize these things. Now, that, all three of those are stories of blessing because blessing, the Bible says in Hebrews, surely the greater blesses the lesser. So somehow Jacob was greater than Pharaoh. Pharaoh didn't have to receive the blessing, but he received the blessing from Jacob. And that's a whole nother message. But I came under that businessman's blessing. When I said, yes, I will receive a free holiday. I will sit on your boat I will eat your food. I was coming under his blessing. I was putting myself in a position of receiving. This is exactly the same as when Jesus marveled because of the faith of the centurion. Let me explain to you that the kingdom of that sorry blessing is part of the kingdom of God. And if you don't understand the kingdom of God, you will not understand blessing. If you don't understand the kingdom of God, Jesus said, how will you understand any other parable? 
So when you are blessed in the kingdom of God, because really everything is the kingdom of God, ultimately everything will pass away but his word. If you're not built on the rock of Jesus Christ, there is a point in time when you will not exist or you'll be in hell. So to come under God's blessing, you have to be willing to come under it. You have to be willing to submit to authority. James says, submit to the devil, <laughs> rather submit to God and the devil will flee. You need to submit to God first for the devil to flee. Because when you submit to God, you come under his gaze. You come under his protection. Many people cried out, Jesus, son of David, Lord, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And then he healed them because they had come under his blessing. They had made themselves his subject by saying that he was their Lord. The moment they said, Lord, they said he is their owner. They acknowledged that he had authority over them. The centurion acknowledged that Jesus had authority over everything. That's why Jesus marveled. Jesus marveled because the centurion understood kingdom. Why did the centurion understand kingdom? He understood kingdom because he was in a kingdom. He was under the kingdom of Rome. He was under Caesar, the king. And he understood that all of his provision, all of his favor, all that made him an envy to his fellow comrades and enemies was because of his submission to Caesar. Ultimately, his authority, his weapon, his uniform, his salary all came directly from Pharaoh as it trickled, sorry, Pharaoh, from, from Caesar as it trickled down from Caesar through the Senate, through the military and into his pocket. So this is the definition of blessing. Let me help you out right now. As I said, the word blessed appears nine times in the book of Matthew. And it's all in Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitudes. So he says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. So by my definition, and I know that most of you won't get it because you won't receive it, because you actually have to submit to me as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. A prophet is without honor in his own hometown but if you receive a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. What I'm saying to you is if you don't honor me, you are limiting, you can't receive from me. If you're listening to me with your analytical mind thinking, is this guy right? Is he wrong? It's, you're not going to benefit from this podcast. But if you submit, in a sense, to me and believe, you know what? This guy is from God. Jesus Christ is Lord. You should be reading my newsletter. Anyway, we'll get onto that because there's some great content in there for you. So what I'm saying to you is, and I'm reading from the Beatitudes chapter 5, those who acknowledge their need for God place themselves under his gaze. 
those who acknowledge their need for God, those who are poor in spirit, those who are poor in spirit, Jesus is saying, this is how you get blessed. You want to get blessed? You want to be blessed? You want to be under my gaze? You want to be under my favor? You want to be under my protection? You want to be the envy of those around you? Well, these are the steps. These are the ways that you do it. These are the people who come under my blessing. If you want to come under God's blessing, this is what you do. Number one, you acknowledge your need for God. This is more than just a one-time repentance from your sins. This is a deep and continuing conviction that you are nothing, that you have nothing, that you can do nothing apart from his grace. This is a lifelong repentance. That is number one. Number two is those who hate sin place themselves under his gaze. The Beatitudes says those who mourn. So you need to hate what God hates. You need to hate sin. You don't go past a a brothel and think, gee, I wish I was in there, but damn it, I can't because I'm a Christian. No, you cry as you drive past the brothel because of that woman who's in there is somebody's mother. She's somebody's daughter. Would you want that to happen to your mother? You cry because every man who goes in there is going to hell. You cry. So you hate sin. Jesus is saying, if you hate sin, you will attract my attention in ways that will change everything around you. If you hate sin, if you acknowledge your desperate need for me, your continual and ongoing need for me and hate sin, I will be looking at you in a way that changes your life in a way that changes your children's children for a thousand generations, in a way my gaze will will cast out the devil, will bring provision, you will be the envy of those around you. Number three, those who are weak and dependent on God. I'm not going to go into that one. Number four, those who hunger and thirst for spiritual realities more than they hunger and thirst for physical realities. So Jesus is saying those are blessed who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So what I'm saying, this is Romans chapter 8. You need to read it. This is Galatians. This is Ephesians. This is Romans chapter 8. You are seeking first the kingdom. You are seeking the spiritual realities. You are setting your mind on the the things that satisfy the impulses of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will pulse you. The Holy Spirit will, will lead you and prompt you as you obey Him and not your framework. Your mind has a framework of self-preservation. Your mind has a framework of what you need. But if you abandon that for the impulses of the Spirit, 
you will live and show that you are a son of God. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus is saying those who acknowledge and predetermine that they will seek after gaining spiritual realities above their seeking of physical realities will come under my gaze, will get my attention, will receive the kingdom, will be blessed and the envy of those around them. Those who show value for human life will be blessed. That is the merciful. You are merciful when you show mercy, but mercy is valuing human life. It doesn't matter who it is, your enemy. You know, you see this in American movies sometimes. People are fighting their enemies, and then when they're just about to die, they're just about to fall off a cliff. They have mercy. They value human life. Not because it's their mother, not because it's their father. They value the person who is because they are human. That is your value. Jesus Christ died for the sinners. He died for every human. It doesn't matter if you are a prostitute or if you are Adolf Hitler. You are valuable because you are flesh and blood, because God breathed into you. He breathed you into your mother's womb. So God is wanting you to love people because you value human life. Those are the people, those who value human life, those are the people who get the blessing of God and get his attention. Blessed are those who are like God. Now, this is a little bit controversial, but it's the truth. Those who are pure in heart, it says, are blessed because they will see God. Now, 1 John 3 verse 3 says, those who have this hope purify themselves. There is a very con- constant theme in the New Testament and in the Old Testament that says that when we look to God, we become like God. In other words, Jesus said, the washing of the water of my word washes you clean. Jesus said to Peter, you are clean, Peter, because you've heard my word. Paul says that a wife is is clean because of her husband's words. Okay, we are washed by the water of the word. There's a biblical principle here. The same as Christ with the church, the same with a husband and his wife, the same with the Bible. When you as a Christian look into the mirror of the word, you become clean. The word of God washes you clean. As Jesus speaks to you personally, privately, as he washes over you with his words, with his words you become clean. We are transformed into the image of Christ. And a huge part of that is looking at him. Looking into his eyes will change you. Peter looked away from Jesus and said, I am unworthy. So, Many Christians don't look into his eyes. They don't listen to his words. Many women don't obey their husbands. They don't understand kingdom. They don't understand that their purpose is to serve their husband. 
their purpose and their fulfillment will only come not by having kids, not by having a career, but by making their husband's life easier. That is the purpose of woman. It goes back to Genesis and I'm not being sexist, I'm being kingdom. This is the way it is. If a bird says my purpose is to be in the ocean, it'll die. But if a bird says I'm going to fly, then it's going to be fulfilling its purpose. And the purpose of man is to rule, is to dominate, is to bring heaven to earth through delegated authority. And he needs to have a wife. He needs to have a helpmeet. He needs to have a helper who will serve him. The Bible celebrates Sarah for calling Abraham her Lord, her master. Now, that wasn't for Abraham's ego. That was for her benefit. In the same way that you and I submit to Christ to receive his blessing, a woman submits to her husband to receive her blessing. That's why Hebrews says that it's not good for us to fight against our spiritual leadership. It's not good for us, but it's good for us to pray for our leaders. It's good for us to submit to our government. This is kingdom. So when Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, what he's saying is those people who look at God and see that they are not God and become like God, those people attract his blessing. Those people are under his gaze. Those people will be the jealousy of the nations. Those who are punished in this world because they are not of it. Those are the persecuted. Those who are punished by people in this world who are physical because you and I are not physical. That is the persecuted. You are persecuted when you are of the light and they are of the darkness. Jesus says, those kinds of people attract my gaze. Those kinds of people are blessed. Finally, those who are peacemakers So a peacemaker, I've got to finish this quickly. As you know, the Holy Spirit can go on and on about this and give you insight. Peacemakers are those who remove barriers between people. If you remove barriers between people, you will attract God's gaze. And finally, blessed are the persecuted. You are blessed when people punish the Christ in you. There's a double blessing here because he talks about blessed are the persecuted, but then he also talks about blessed are those who insult you and persecute you falsely because of me. So there are two types of gaze here. You will attract the gaze and the favor of God to the point of being blessed when people around you punish you for who you are in Christ, when they punish you for doing what's right, when they punish you for being spiritual, when they are entirely natural. But more than that, a double blessing is those people who punish you because they see Christ in you. They punish you because you are living a life that is so like Jesus that you are being punished as if you were Jesus. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. You know, I can pray for your blessing, but more than that, I want you to understand the kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at 
at hand. It is now. It is within reach. And he said, those who understand the word will bear fruit. Many Christians do not understand the word. I've got a whole system here that can work. But I need you to receive the word of the kingdom of God. Because that is the seed, the only seed of the kingdom is the seed that Jesus preached. Jesus, if you look at the Gospels, he didn't preach religion. He didn't preach relationship. He didn't preach, you know, salvation, although he talked a little bit about these things and sometimes taught about them. He preached kingdom. He said, this is the word. The word of the kingdom is the word that is planted. The imperishable seed of the kingdom And that's my prayer that you would receive that word today. So I'm not going to pray for your blessing because if you can receive the kingdom, you've received the pearl of great price. You have received everything. God, I just want you to read the Bible from a kingdom perspective. Remember, if you've been born in the Western world or, you know, unless you were born in a colony, you will not understand the concept of a kingdom. You first need to understand the concept of the kingdom, of a kingdom. Like Britain, who colonized, colonized Australia, who colonized you know, India. When Britain colonized India, they put their own governor there to represent England. They brought their own language. They taught the Indians to speak English, to drive on the left-hand side of the road, to wear long socks and a tie and to drink tea. That's colonization. That's kingdom. God, if you understand this, you'll understand kingdom concept. God wants to colonize the earth with heaven. In the way that England wanted to colonize Australia with England, in the way, see, the king never left England. The king stays in England But the governor makes the colony look just like England. And in the same way, the king is seated in heaven right now. The father is in heaven right now. He didn't come to earth, but he sent his son and he also sent his governor, who's the Holy Spirit, to colonize the earth. You and I are the citizens of heaven who are in the colony of earth. And we are here to make earth exactly like heaven. And we've got a heck of a long way to go. So that's my prayer. My prayer is that you would receive, Father God, right now, would they receive the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus Christ? You do that. If you haven't done that before, you say that Jesus Christ is Lord. You Tell him and make a decision that you will follow him all the days of your life, that you will live for Jesus and he will live through you. Then what you do is you read the Bible and you obey him. You implement the words of the king. You may not find another person who will obey Jesus. You may not find a church that is really perfect. It doesn't exist. But you can have find the governor of the kingdom of God is living on the inside of you. The Bible says you need nobody to teach you, but you have an anointing from the Father, and he will guide you into all truth. 
which means reality.